Real Men Feel with Andy Grant encourages men to allow and express all of their emotions. Despite what you may have been told, all emotions do serve you. Real Men Feel is committed to engaging in discussions that most men aren't having, but all men can benefit from. If you would like a one-on-one conversation to help you get clear on what you want in life and what's in your way of getting there, visit theandygrant.com slash talk and book a no-obligation, no-cost appointment. All links mentioned in each episode are in the show notes found on the blog at realmenfeel.org. Now let's get to it. Hello and welcome to another edition of Real Men Feel. This is your host, Andy Grant. You know, we, we live in some crazy-ass times, man. Uh, there is a lot to be concerned with, even, even genuinely frightened by right now. Um, and one of the most common things I hear from guys is that they lack a place to openly talk about those fears, those concerns, the, the, the worries that they have. They, they lack friends. And I recently created a, a short PDF listing lots of places, physical and virtual places, that guys can make new adult friends. And let me t- mention that. <laughs> you can go to realmenfield.org slash gift, and you can download that, and it puts you on the uh, Real Men Field newsletter, which is brand new this week. Uh, anyway, researching that, I came across this site called mensgroup.com. And I reached out to my guest today. That would be entrepreneur, speaker, facilitator, and the founder of mensgroup.com, Sean Gala. Sean, Andy. welcome to the show. Yeah, yeah, stoked to be here. You've created mensgroup.com. You, you're obviously a fan of men's groups. And, you know, have you always felt the power, like, uh, we, as a young man, as a teenager, did you, like, take comfort in a, in a circle of friends and realize there was something there? Or is this is something you, you've, you kind of fell into um, in your own need for a conversation, for a community? How, how did it develop? Yeah, great question. For me, it came, you know, into my adulthood. I grew up playing sports. I grew up playing a lot of hockey. And uh, so I think uh, unconsciously, you know, without being aware of it, I, I really enjoyed the, the environment of being in the locker room with the guys. And that's where we talk about real stuff. And then, you know, as I entered my 20s and I, and I ran into some adversities and then that, you know, team sports phase of my life ended. Um, I, I found that when I was facing those adversities, I, I didn't have anybody to chat with about them. And so for me, I was in a bit of an extreme situation. I'd moved to another country and was living this beautiful life that looked great on Facebook, surfing every day with a you know, beautiful partner and, and a business that was doing all, all right. And, but I was just, uh, I, I felt stuck and, and alone. And uh, so I just threw a bunch of my friends at the time into a Facebook group. Turns out it's the guys who wanted, wanted to talk, guys all over the place in big cities, guys who were very popular, all felt the same kind of things. They felt like... They didn't have a place to talk about the sensitive matters in their lives, you know, big and small. Cool. So that's great. So it was really the necessity, the mother invention. You just, you made your own group. You saw a need, like, I'm going to make this for myself. Yeah. Yeah. It was literally just like, I, I, I feel like I'd love to chat about life stuff, about relationships, about my own emotions, about uh, communication, about uh, uh, finance or whatever. And so I just literally threw 20 friends into a Facebook group, men and women, the men stuck around. The women were like, we already have this. And then the rest is history. <laughs> so, let, let, I mean, let's touch on that. Because it, yeah, it, 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 is it biology? Is it society? Is it our training upbringing? Like, women seem much more free to openly discuss things with their friends. And guys are like, nope. I, I mean, is it, you know, what, what do you think that is? What's, what's it rooted in? Uh, I think biologically, we all have that same desire to, uh, feel connected to be able to talk through things in our life, you know, whether it be crazy society pandemic stuff or whether just like small relationship matters or whatever. Um, you know, I think I, I've seen from men from all over the world and all different, you know, races and places and backgrounds that like that, that's, that's ubiquitous. That's like applies to everybody. Uh, but I, what I've also seen in, in, in men's groups over the last 10 years is that a lot of guys are just terrified of being ridiculed being ter- terrified of being seen as weak. And these are like strong men, like physically strong men, su- ultra successful men, men that are, you know, athletes and celebrities and these kind. It applies to all of us. We all have this yeah. like, you know, fear that's been beaten into us from being ridiculed when we were younger for showing weakness or vulnerability, being perceived as gay, all these things. It's like, you know, um, yeah, guys are scared of that. Yeah. It's amazing that still is the case with, with social media, with, at least more 
I guess maybe it's just more polished aspects of lives being on display and that's it. Maybe it's still, it's still not a, a vulnerable, uh, a vulnerable aspect of life. It's still not men authentic, authentic, geez, I'm stumbling today. It's still not men authentically showing themselves to everybody. Um, we're kind of seeing, but it's, you know, it's selective. It's, uh, we're putting out there the parts that we feel most confident that won't be ridiculed perhaps. Mm-hmm. So, so you discovered that you had a need for a group. You made a group, you felt benefit from it. You had the strength of community. What prompted the creation of, of men's group? What, what prompted you to take this and, and want to share it with more men? Yeah. Well, that's a great question. It, I came by it honestly, cause I just like started that Facebook group 10 plus years ago to fulfill my own, to scratch my own itch, so to speak. And then um, all my friends at the time were entrepreneurs just because I've always been an entrepreneur. And so I just happened to know a lot of entrepreneurs. And so uh, all the guys in the group were entrepreneurs. They, they, started, they started inviting a friend or two and then it became this much bigger thing. And then, and then the guys were like, it'd be great if we could get together somewhere because they found it hard to find guys who are, were also like them, like entrepreneurs and who wanted to talk about more personal, meaningful things and build more meaningful friendships. And so I was living in Mexico at the time and I said, well, come down, let's go surfing. And so I had, I hosted like 25 guys in my place and my girlfriend almost broke up with me because <laughs> it was such a hassle having all these guys sleeping on the floor and all over the, all over my place. And, and, uh, and then that just went from there to being more adventure trips and more, uh, and then eventually like, uh, you know, they said you should turn this into a real thing. And then it turned into hundreds and hundreds of members and, uh, you know, a yearly membership fee and all that stuff. And so it became a, a full on, you know, meaningful business. Um, and my favorite part from all that was like, after these adventure trips, these guys, after sharing an experience and bonding, they, we'd sit in a circle on the very last day and we'd go around the circle and just say, Hey, what issue opportunity would you like to bounce off the guys? And these guys, these leading guys, so these, these like guys that you, who, who have the big podcasts now or the big YouTube shows or read, write the books that we read. You know, a lot of these guys became very successful. They'd sit there and they'd say, my wife's had three miscarriages and I have no idea how to support her. Or like, you know, I have an alcoholic, abusive dad who's like continually, continually pushing his way into my life. How do I set a healthy boundary while keeping him in my life? I don't want to write him off. Or even like, I have like this aggression in me that comes out and fights with my partner. Like, how do, how do, I, what, how do I manage that? How do I channel that energy better, you know? And I just thought it was so beautiful. And so that's how I got hooked. I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. In, in, in my own experience, um, leading groups, being part of them. I always find when that, that first, it, it's, it takes the first guys to be the bravest to say, I'm feeling this. And then it's amazing how often like, wow, me too. I've been there. Like it just, it, it, it opens the door for everyone to, to open up about wh- whatever issue might be popping up for someone. Yeah, exactly. And so I would actually, I learned very early that I can stack the deck in that favor. So like, you know, after going heli skiing or surfing or like sitting in a hot tub with a guy and talking about life or whatever, like I would have a sense of which guys have the biggest, most meaningful things that are really relatable to everybody. And then I kind of approach him, that guy first. And I'd say, Hey man, it'll help the other guys open up if you go first. Do you, do you mind going first? And when we do the circle tomorrow and the guy'd be hesitant, but he, he'd trust me and then he would. And sure enough, if he, he'd open up, he might even cry. Then all of a sudden the next, you know, the next guy and the next guy and the next guy, you know, they had these like surface level business things they want to talk about until this guy opened up and cried. And then they're like, Oh, okay. This is a safe place to go into that stuff. Let me talk about my um, childhood learning disabilities or my, you know, my trying relationship with my life or, or, or uh, my insecurities around my sexuality or whatever, you know? This is just hitting me now, but is it, is it almost the competitive nature of guys that, Oh, we're in this type of space. I can relax, exhale. Well, let me show you what's going on. Is it almost, you know, can that, I'll show you how not afraid of weakness I am by giving it all. I think for some guys, definitely. And I would probably fall into that box. Like, <laughs> let's, let's see, you can be more real, more vulnerable. I like going there, you know, but I think, I think the truth is that for the majority of guys that I've seen in men's groups, uh, they're scared to go there still. Mm-hmm. And so for them, it's, it's, it's a very new thing and it's an intimidating thing, understandably, because they have no experience with it. And they've just been ridiculed for this kind of thing by everybody from their parents to romantic partners to like the media you know? So, uh, no, most guys still are like a little sheepish to go there. Yeah. And that's a good point. Cause I, you know, I've, I've been at this for a while now and I am willing, I'll go first. I'll show you how it's done. And, and kind of my yeah. ego of being authentic and vulnerable and, and being go there. But yeah, I can remember 
fuck, not wanting to be there. And that resistance. And I'm not fucking saying shit here. And like, why am I here? This is stupid and all of that. So yeah, mm-hmm. I, 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 you know, I forget how intimidating and overwhelming it can seem kind of the first time you go to any sort of group, right? Anything new, really. Anything like this, you know, it's like, what? When, when, when in life would you stand in front of a big group of people and like share your most humiliating or yeah. sensitive things, you know? Yeah. And, and that's, that's what I'm trying to do with men's group is make it way more approachable. So like a lot of these men's groups, you know, they, they, they wrap in spirituality or, or, or practices or, um, you know, things that would make it more intimidating. And I'm just like, let's come together. Let's have a chat. You don't have to share anything if you don't want to. If you just want to be around other guys talking about meaningful stuff, if you want to, you know, be, be a part of more meaningful conversations, come and hang out, you know, because I think it's already intimidating enough as it is. And that keeps a lot of, all that stuff keeps a lot of good guys that can really benefit from this kind of thing away from actually partaking in a men's group. Right. So there's, there's not, you know, having as much structure and ceremony and phases and rituals and things like that. We have structure. Like we have a very strict structure to our calls, but like, I try to create as casual of a vibe as possible. In the beginning, when you join, we're just like, you know, literally just chatting about, you know, the, the, the COVID or the weather or the, you know, the, the, the sport or whatever. And, and, and we just don't force anybody to go. And then, yeah, especially where we, we, we don't have any ritual or any like ceremony or anything that would make guys more uncomfortable. Cause I, I do that stuff in my own life. But like when I was thinking about, transitioning from the entrepreneur men's group to men's group.com, which is for every, every guy, every kind of guy, anybody. I started asking my friends, why haven't you, they, like they thought it was cool, but I'm like, why haven't you joined a men's group? That's the stuff that was putting them off. Uh. They're like, I don't want to go and chant and, or hold like, or adopt a first nation's name or like, you know, <laughs> yeah. bow or burn sage or any of these things, you know, I like I, and so I saw an opportunity to, 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 position it differently to market it differently so that it would be more approachable and get more guys involved and then ultimately help, you know, help, help men become better. Yeah. Cool. Cause yeah, I, I really want to ask like, what, what do you find has men most resistant to jumping in? But if, if that was it, this, cause it's already, it's already new and different. And then you layer these other new and different things on top of like, it's almost like too much now, you know, and yeah, so you, that's it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's the primary one. I mean, beyond that, beyond those like fears that we've had beaten into us of like, you know, if you express weakness, if you show any kind of weakness or vulnerability or sensitivity, it means you are, you know, in, inferior as a man, not worthy as a partner, yeah. like all, all those. And it sounds so silly to say that, but it's true. Even I, who I, I'm a relatively successful guy from my age, I've never had a problem with uh, finding romantic partners. I've, uh, I've been able to travel to these countries and do all these things. I still feel that way to this day. Like I still, it's so deep inside and I've done this all this personal development work and read all the books. I still feel this fear that pops up with sharing myself and being seen as inferior, especially by a romantic partner, but also with other men. Yeah. 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 I mean, I used to be so like the, when I first went to college, I dropped out because the next semester there was a mandatory public speaking class. Right. And and I was like, fuck, I'm not doing that. And, and yeah, the ridicule and not like I, I'll, I'll make a fool out of myself. I'll let people laugh at me. But if I'm trying to be serious and there's possible of laughter, then I'm not, I'm not going there. No. I used to be so nervous, even in corporate America, going around a room and, hi, I'm Andy. I work in marketing. I'd have to keep practicing that. And I'd be, I wouldn't hear anybody else. And I'd just, my name, remember, my name is Andy. My name's Andy. Yeah, why <laughs> yeah, am I here? Yeah. And I'm just like, what the hell's wrong with me? Um, yeah. So. That's in us. <laughs> what are what what are some of the top benefits that that you see guys really notice become aware of by by being part of a men's group it's a great question man well i feel like guys come to men's groups for all different kinds of reasons like like the main the main reasons are some kind of breakup or separation or divorce you know um that's a big one it's it's not having any male friends which sounds sad, but that's actually the majority of us, um, which I can get into in a, in a minute, you know, that whole conversation around why men struggle to make friends. I think that's a really interesting thing to talk about. Um, you know, how, how to manage my emotions better, how to communicate better, um, how to set better boundaries, no more Mr. Nice Guy stuff, right? We have a lot of guys coming out to us after reading the book, No More Mr. Nice Guy, and joining one of our groups to learn about healthy boundary setting. Um, so with that being said, within that, when a guy comes into a group, the first thing he, the, the feedback I get is the first thing he feels is, oh, I'm not the only one with this challenge, which sounds like a small thing, but the reality is, is when you're isolated with a problem, 
that creates pressure. You know, it makes it more difficult to manage emotionally and to navigate. And so it's like a big, oh, like, wow, I'm not broken. I'm not the only one who's dealing with this, you know? So that's the biggest one. And then I think just having access to male role models, healthy male role models is the second. We constantly have conversations in, in the group saying, how do you access healthy male role models? Or like, where do you find, like, I didn't have a father growing up who's a good male role model. My friends, all they want to talk about is beer and, and boobs and whatever, whatever else, you know, whatever other conversation a lot of amateur guys fall into. Like, who can I talk to about how to set better boundaries or like how to navigate my breakup and recover in a healthy way or like, and so accessing guys who are, are trying their best to approach life in a healthy way and being able to, to access their perspective and bounce things off them and get guidance from them. That, that, that's a big one as well. Um, and then third would be just feeling like you're, you have community, you're, you're building those friendships. Uh, it happens a lot in our groups where guys will break off and they'll have their own conversations and they'll become friends. We've guys, we've guys in one guy in Luxembourg and one guy in India who have become, you know, best buds. We've got guys in like, we've guys in Chile and South Africa and, and Beijing and, and New York and all over the place. We've got, we got have a guy who's in the Arctic who's doing filming for uh, uh, who's doing a, who does the filming for a big TV network up there. And he's like made friends with the guys in South America and they, they talk regularly. And it's like, so that, that's cool too. Yeah. It's a benefit oh, cool. as well. Yeah, yeah. So, so again, so it's not like, you, you you go to the group and you're you're not like uh, you're not allowed to interact outside of this group or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Encourage too. No, we encourage that and we want that. I mean, I guess it's kind of like therapy. You know, I ho- I hope that guys will move on from men's group one day because it means they're in a better better place. But mm-hmm. until until then, you know, it's it's a great place to just learn how to navigate the things that you're facing better, yeah. big and small. Yeah, and I've had plenty of guests that that talk about the power of men's group, and I've. Uh, Jed Diamond, who's been on a few times, he's in the same men's group for over 40 years. Wow. That's and awesome. just, I'm like, wow. Yeah. Like I can't imagine that. Like I, yeah. I've, I have friends that I've had for decades, but I'm not talking to them every week, even, even every month. So no. yeah. that consistency, especially like the ability, this is why it's different than therapy. And this is why it's different than reading a book or listening to a podcast. It's like that consistently or that consistency it's so valuable because the things that men really need to work on or the, you know, personal growth takes time, changing yourself, learning to communicate better, getting rid of toxic behaviors, whatever. It's not going to happen in one meeting or two meetings. It's like, it, you know, it, it's, it's the regular check-ins and being able to bounce the intricacies of whatever you're facing off of, you know, other people. And that could be how to communicate with your wife. It could be how to get over an ex, whatever. But it's like, you know, it's that consistency over time, getting to know the guys, they really get to know you, they can start to challenge you in a healthy way, you know, hold you accountable. Like that stuff, that stuff's invaluable. When, when we were kids, you know, it seemed really easy to just walk up like, oh, hi, what's your name, Sean? Oh, I want to play. Yeah. And, you know, and so, so why do men struggle to, to make friends? Like what's changed? Yeah, I mean, great question. So looping back to our original conversation about why are men afraid to join men's groups, it's the same. It's because close friendships require intimacy. Not physical intimacy, nothing sexual, but like there's got to be a level of vulnerability there, right? And again, that's a really confusing, scary place for men to go to because we've been ridiculed for it for most of our lives. Man up, toughen up, you know, don't cry, be a man, all that stuff. It's like, but, but the, the close male friendships I have now, they have a really, uh, a very high level of intimacy where we aren't afraid to tell each other we appreciate each other, where, you know, we express our true emotional experiences and we can be there for each other. And again, that's just a really foreign mode, if you will, for a lot of men. And I, I sorry, can I keep going on it? Cause this is a Please. topic we talk about every week. Guys are so oh, bamboozled by this. They're so confused about how to make male friendships. And I'm like, nobody teaches it. Nobody talks about it, you know? So understanding that that's the basis for a healthy friendship. Okay. Well then actual uh, that tactically, how do you actually make male friends? Well, a lot of guys don't realize that it's kind of like dating. Most people won't vibe with you. Most people won't share your values. Most people won't um, have the capacity to build a new close friendship right now. And so it's just like dating or sales. You got to get out there. You got to get at bats. You got to talk to a hundred different people. And then you'll meet one who's like really on the same page as you shares your values, wants to have meaningful conversations and has capacity in their life, which is probably the biggest reason why somebody wouldn't want to be a friend with you. It's usually not about you. It's not, you're getting, you're not getting rejected here. It's just people aren't available, you know, or they're just different. And so uh, that takes the rejection out of it. 
And then secondly is being more intentional about where you look for friends. A lot of guys try to make friends at their work or, you know, there, there's, there's good pools to fish in. There's not great pools. Like I, I imagine that it'd be harder to make close friendships where that are really vulnerable and intimate. If you're working in finance, than it would be going to a book club or like going to a philosophy club or going to a hiking club. Right. And so, yeah, it's, it's just going out there meeting people and then realizing that, you know, it might be a little bit scary, but you, you just need to be a little vulnerable with it, with it, with a person and, uh, and friendships will come. Cool. Cool. Sorry. That was a bit of ramble. I just really, no, I just really see a lot of guys struggling with it, with this, this particular topic, which yeah. is ultimately why they come to men's groups, you know? And, and again, and the opposite is what I see. Like guys aren't willing to ramble. Like I don't know what to say. So I'm not going to say anything. Yeah, I, I, I love rambling, but that's definitely not the norm. <laughs> <laughs> but, but again, uh, hmm, the, the willingness, the openness to, 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 to be wrong, to come off weird, to like, hey, want to do something? No. Oh, okay. You know, you're lost. All right, I'll go ask someone else. Like, you know, and again, as kids, we, I don't think we took it personally as kids. Want to play? No, want to play? Well, who wants to play? You, you? okay, great. You know? Yeah, exactly. Like that's in us to be that kind of person. And of course, there's yeah. more introverted or there's more extroverted people more social people. There's people who like isolation. That's fine. But, you know, I think uh, friendships become very confusing because we're supposed to not, you know, we get called a weak or a pussy or whatever, because we, you know, express some vulnerability or some affection towards a friend. You know, my close male friends and I, we tell each other that we love each other. When I had a breakup recently, like uh, two years ago, I was over at my friend's house. I found out some news that was terrible about her cheating on me. And I cried. I was on his floor crying. And you know what he did? He walked over, he sat beside me, he put his hand on my chest and just breathed and said, I'm sorry, man. And like, that's a pretty intimate moment. It was pretty, you know, but, but like that uh, really showed that he cared about me and it really showed that he would be there for me in an emotional way. And that's the exact kind of thing that men have been, have beaten out of them. Yeah. And another, uh, just a key point that I want to make on the friendship point before we move along is a lot of people talk about toxic masculinity and these kinds of things, you know? And that, you know, men are, there's, there's, there are certain groups of people out there that feel that men are the problem in society. And I wouldn't, to, to, to a degree, I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree because it is a lot of like older white men that are making a lot of the bad decisions. But uh, when it comes down to it, I see that unhappy people do unhappy things. And I see so men being isolated. And I see the stats being, you know, uh, suicides are 80% men, incarceration rates, 98% men, homeless rate is 90% men. And it's like, and then you see how lonely even the average guy are, is, and even the popular successful guys, how lonely they are in their private lives with nobody to talk to. And it's like, yeah, no wonder they're blowing out into toxic behaviors. No wonder all these horrible stories came out with the Me Too movement or, you know, Black Lives Matter and stuff like that. It's like, there's a, there's a lot of men who I feel like this is part of the part of the problem is that the, this this isolation that's happening with a lot of men. Yeah, you know? yeah. I love what you say about unhappy people do unhappy things, and that's the truth. And it's and men, all men, aren't the problem. And and toxic masculinity is masculinity to an extreme. It's not saying all masculinity is toxic. Right. You can have water toxicity, oxygen toxicity, like you can have good things can go too far and they become yeah. bad things. Yeah. So. I think they're actually, and I feel they're actually separate things. You know, I feel like masculinity is just, I don't really, I don't really talk. We don't talk about what masculinity is in groups yeah. because it's an individual experience for everybody. But like, I like the feeling of being me. I like the feeling of being a man with a deeper voice and broader shoulders. And, you know, so I, I, I feel like I, I enjoy my masculinity. The toxic part is more like, you know, I don't feel like it has anything to do with masculinity. I feel like it's like, um, you know, just an individual's own trauma and, and their emotional experience on the inside and, and their isolation, that stuff all just playing itself out in unhealthy ways. And I've seen, so many women do the same thing and, and it wouldn't be fair to blanket them as all women are like, I've been cheated on by five different partners. Like when I was younger, I had a real string of that. So is it fair to blanket them as though all women are cheaters? No, it's, it's not. So, but you know, cause when you, when you dial it in and you look at the individual's personal experience and their background, it's actually quite understandable why they're doing what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't excuse it. We still need to step in and say, Hey, that's not cool. But it really has nothing to do with masculinity. In my opinion, the toxic behaviors are, they're just toxic, unhealthy behaviors from unhealthy yeah. people. Yeah. Toxic behavior. That's, it'd be great to kind of drop all the, uh, 
the framing of that and just, yeah, no, that, that's bad behavior. Yeah. The end. That, per- that person's hurting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And get curious. Why is that person hurting? Yeah. Like how sad do you have to be with yourself or how weird, how messed up does your narrative have to be inside to like do some of these things that we, that came out in these different movements, hmm. you know, it's like, God, yeah. I and just from my own experience, when I've done unhealthy behaviors, not to that extreme, but you know, I'm human. I've done some things that I, you know, might not, might not like looking back on. And it's like, I was in a dark place. I felt really unhappy about myself and about the world. And, and I was hurting emotionally from different things that happened in my life. It's like, it's, it's understandable when you actually dig into it. And that, so yeah, that, that's how I think about that stuff. Cool. And, and one thing I want to get back to, um, your, your friend, just, seeing you in emotional pain and just, just sitting with you. And this is something that I, I see men have problems. With. He didn't, he didn't try to fix anything. Mm-hmm. Didn't, didn't have to do anything. Just, just being there makes a difference. Right. And that, and that's what I feel like. I, I have a history of depression and suicide attempts. And my biggest fear was I'll tell someone how I feel. I'll t- I'll tell someone the truth finally, and they will run away. They will bolt. Yeah. And exactly. for so many issues and challenges, someone has just, they, they unload themselves, they tell their truth, they open up, and just for another human being to just stay there, right? Hold, hold the hand, or, or these days, you know, just look in the eyes across Zoom, and just, all right, I, you know, I, I shared my scariest fucking thought, and the person in front of me didn't reject me, didn't yeah. try to fix me, didn't judge me, just like, yeah, like, I mean, it's in one of your videos, like, I hear you, man, all right? And yeah. Uh, that's the power of a friendship uh, of a supportive group. I mean, that's the power of community. And I, I think that's something that, you know, again, I'm not sure for it's uh, all the society, male upbringing, old traditional roles that we haven't totally burst out of, but we're kind of told that that's not a thing. Like we're not told that that'll feel good. Look for that in somebody. I mean, yeah. especially as men we're told, ah, oh, fix it, do something about it, take an action. Like mm-hmm. yes, it's not always, it's sometimes just, Sit and breathe. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a pretty, uh, what I've observed is it's a pretty universal thing that humans, when they're in pain or they're suffering or they're going through something difficult, more than anything, they just want to have that acknowledged and validated. Yeah. I don't know what it is about our wiring as humans, but it's like we tend to think that when we're wrestling with these things that like we're, we're the only people that are dealing with them. And because we're dealing with them, it makes us broken. That's probably the media's fault, honestly, and social media's fault. But projecting these images of perfection and stuff, you know, but like, I mean, um, I, I, I felt broken and I'm older than social media. So, right. Okay. I, fair enough. Nothing we're feeling. Yeah. It might make it worse. Might put a spotlight on things, but yeah, I felt broken, hopeless, unlovable, completely flawed. Thought I was the only person that felt this way. Um, so I think it, I think it's easier to discover you aren't alone these days. That's like the positive of social media, but also there is all this, this false, there's even more, uh, just bullshit mask, false identities, polished uh, beyond any reality that, yeah, if, and it, it, it comes down to comparison. If you can just enjoy social media and take it, whatever, but if you, if you fall into like comparing, comparing yourself to everything, mm. like that, you know, comparison's a thief of joy. I think that's Teddy Roosevelt said that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, he said that. Like that's, and I find that really to be true. You know, if you're just willing to be you, Open up, have friendships, have meaningful talks, you know, find like-minded people and, you know, compare, I think if Wayne Dyer said, only compare yourself to, to you in the past. Are you growing? Are you changing? Are you happier than you were, you know, last year, last month, 10 years ago? Great. Yeah, that's it. You know, as far as anybody else, like, uh, you know, can you see if they're happier than they used to be? Great. But don't say, are they happier than me? Are they doing better than me? Like that, that, that pulls you down into the muck. Yeah. And most people like I've been able to, I've been very fortunate to spend time on these adventure trips and stuff with like ultra successful people who you, you know, have it all. And, and behind the scenes, they can be just as unhappy as you are. Right. And, and so if you hypothetically, if you could not play the comparison game, then yeah, that stuff could be very valuable in the way you connect. I think the challenge that I've seen in men's groups is that even the most successful people have self-worth issues. And so it's basically impossible for a lot of people, myself included, to not feel shitty about their life when they see other people on yachts or like having the best time at a party or, you know, it's, 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 it's pretty prevalent. And so, you know, as a result of all that stuff, it can, you can really feel alone with your challenges. And so just to have somebody say, I'm so sorry you're going through that. 
that sounds like it's really difficult. You know, I'm sorry, man. That, that sounds like it hurts. I'm sorry that happened to you. That's all people want. You know, after somebody, after a loved one dies, that's like the advice. How, how do you comfort somebody who's grieving? It's like you sit beside them and you say nothing or you say, I'm sorry. You know, what else is there to say? And it's the same thing with men, right? They just want to be like, they just want to hear that you are there for them and that they're not crazy for what they're feeling. Yeah, that's a big one. Um, my take on the whole social media thing after just being in men's groups for 10 years is that social media is helping us connect with people on the surface level, but that most of society is pushing us towards distraction and not being with ourselves and not connecting deeply with others. So like you can spend your whole life distracting yourself between movie theaters and social media and all these things. It's like, you know, but there seems to be less and less emphasis on people understanding themselves, getting into their internal experience, sharing that with others, connecting in a deep and meaningful way around that. And, you know, I think it's no coincidence that the anxiety rates are, are going up, the depression rates are going up, the obesity rates are going up, the suicide rates are going up. It's like, I wonder why, you know, because yeah. we're, we're basically ignoring our, ourselves, our own eternal experiences. Yeah. I mean, that's the, the genesis of the program, the, the name, uh, everything I do is, it begins selfishly. I, I was a very miserable person. Until I discover that, oh, so maybe these emotions I have, if I let myself feel them, they don't overwhelm me, they don't overpower me, they don't come out like sideways, and I'm not just yeah. full of rage. If, 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 I, if I allow myself to feel mad about something that actually made me mad in the moment, instead of denying it and waiting for it, and then I'm like, I'm furious about something that's insignificant later. Um, you know, so I, I find my secret to a happier life is allowing myself to feel whatever emotion shows up the moment it shows up. And it mm -hmm. usually passes faster and, you know, um, but I was definitely, you know, I was a sensitive kid. I was emotional. I can still cry really easily. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I was told, oh, yeah, that's all horrible. So I, I did not think I was a man. So part yeah. of real men feels like, you know, what if real men like, look at that guy over there crying. That's awesome. You know, yeah, it I is. like that to become wider society. So that's the normal part of this. And, yeah. it, and it is awesome because that guy, you know, instead of like bottling that up and going home and beating his wife or like sexually harassing some woman on the street or like fighting some guy in traffic, you know, or just like closet drinking, like that guy's getting it out. Yeah. And he's going to bring the fruits of that back to his family, back to his community, back to his partner, be a better father, all this stuff. It is, it is cool, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but a lot of guys don't understand that and they have no idea how to get there. Right. Um, yeah. There's, there's no training in this. No. Like I can, what, it seems to me that what is consciously and unconsciously passed on is this just rigid, old, static, a man is this. Mm -hmm. And I just, you know, you're doing the work. Men's group do the work. This show's doing the work. There's more and more people doing this work of trying to open it up for people. Um, but yeah, during this pandemic, people being locked down all the bad stuff is rising. You can see it. You can see people blown out, right? Yeah. It's like they, they're, they're forced to sit with themselves. There's more pressure and stressors. And all of a sudden, all these wacky extreme things are happening. Yeah. Like people are kind of losing it a little bit. Yeah. You know? because, yeah. Because what they're, ah, and it, it can, it's, it's challenging to go into yourself. It's challenging to sit with how you feel and why do you feel and all the hurts you have that you've ignored, didn't address. And yeah. Um, it, it can be easier to you know, get high, get drunk, you know, Netflix and chill to the fricking max until your you know, years go by. But the opportunity for this time is to, to do that hard work and to yeah. feel what's there and connect with humans, not, not add to the distractions. Yeah. I mean, we both, we both believe the premise to be true that like, you know, unhappy people do unhappy things. And so you see all these extreme things that are happening in different countries all around the world right now. And it's like, you know, but those people must not be feeling good. So what do you do about that as a man? How do you actually feel? I mean, this is a topic that we talk about all the time. Like guys are just so confused on how to feel their feelings. Like it's such a, a foreign experience to them, you know? And so that was, but similar to you, I found that the more I let myself feel in the moment, the less I get triggered by that stuff later. Yeah. So let's talk about my relationship with uh, my dad or, 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 or work or some of the self-worth issues I've had. It's like, or being, being cheated on by past partners. It's like, the more I let myself feel that stuff in the moment or the more I make space for it day to day, whenever, it, whenever I get triggered into it, 
the less I'm triggered by that stuff in the moment, mm -hmm. which means the less I'm going to snap into, you know, being upset at my partner, like, or like, you know, a lot of these other unhealthy behaviors that are out there. Um, so that, that's been my journey as well. It's like the more I'm able to sit with that stuff, the more I bring it out, the more I cry it out, the more I get angry, you know, my own private safe environment, yeah. the less I feel that stuff day to day. Being angry is okay. Being angry, like there, I, I find, there's no negative emotion. They're, they're all serving no. a purpose and they'll help yeah. you if you're willing to use them. Yeah. But, and being angry doesn't mean you go, you got to go punch the person that made you angry. No, it's like sit with your anger and feel it. Like, ah, and, you know, be furious and a little bit, hit a punching bag. Yeah. yeah. Hit yeah. a punching bag. That's the best tip I ever got. I went and got a hundred dollar punching bag. Yeah. And every time I'm triggered into that, I just get it out. Yeah. And then that way I'm not snapping on my girlfriend or like screaming at my dog or yelling at somebody in traffic. You know, it's like you, you move it, you move it when you get the chance. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel I mentioned the dog. My dog has taken the brunt of this pandemic. Like my <laughs> dog is getting yelled at a lot, and I'm like, "Oh my god, I know this isn't. I know it's not yeah. like you're you're taking it, good girl." But uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> it's, well, it's even in the moment, like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "Why I am know. I doing this?" Yeah, why am I doing this? Right, and that that's the nature of humans, right? That's that's why we need to get into this part of ourselves because we're just hardwired to. to unfortunately, we take our stuff out on the ones that are closest to us. Mm -hmm. You know, our family and our romantic partners and our dogs it's like i don't know why you spend too much time together and you know they're just the person that you direct your your shit at but it happens across the board even in really healthy relationships and even in smaller i mean it might be in smaller ways but you know i see a lot of men struggling to get into this because the, the brain is hardwired to keep you away from pain right and so you might have painful feelings from your childhood might not even be from a specific event just how your parents made you feel about yourself you might have specific uh pain hanging around from uh, you know, your high school or sports or, you know, getting out in the adult world and not being able to find your way, or maybe you got cheated on, or maybe you had this thing, you got in a gnarly car crash, or it could be even something small and insignificant. But if you created meaning around it, that then defines who you are and how you show up in the world that can really haunt you and define your actions. Right. So um, I feel like it's really important that we get into those things and actually address them. Yeah, no, it, it, it totally is. And so, yeah, I'd love that, that that's the power of, of men's group. And there's, there's, you know, I, I've gone to lots of different events and, you know, spiritual events and personal growth events and things and been one of a few guys and a mostly female thing going on. And it's, it's fucking different when you're just with men and people are being real and supportive. And it, and I'm still, I can't even like put into words, but it's just, it's different. It's stronger. It's, or maybe just because it's so, it's not, my norm it's not even a thing i thought was possible until i experienced it but like it it what what other men think of you or realizing they're not thinking of you in a negative judgmental way is i find incredibly powerful and healing yeah um there might be something deep within that about being around the men and connecting that with men because that's how we're wired you know being out in the hunt together and going through these experiences together and talking about life um but what I've observed is, is it's pretty simple. It's just biology. You know, it's like I've watched guys at men's groups when a beautiful girl happens to walk into the room by happenstance, all of a sudden their chests stick up more slightly. They puff their chests out a little bit. You know, they start acting differently. They start telling some more dick wagging kind of stories, you know, like subconsciously, these are men who are happily married with happy, with awesome fathers, the kids, but it's just deeply within us to like, you know, Oh, need to look strong in front of a potential mate. And I've seen that happen with guys who are gay as well. They act differently when women enter the room. So yeah. I don't know what that is or why it's happening exactly. I have my own lack job theories on it, but like, it's true. Just being around the guys, if there's something, there's a feeling about it. There's a safeness about it that uh, seems to work for a lot of men. Yeah. And, you know, hosting Real Men Feel and, and being a coach for years, I'll have friends and even strangers talk to me differently one-on-one -on -one and really be open up and like, cool. And then we'll, you know, we'll go out to a dinner or a function anyway, or more men will be around and I'll see them change and become like the frat guy version of themselves. And if a couple of you have asked, like, do you, are you conscious of the change? And they're like, yeah, but I had no idea you were like, oh my God. Like, you, oh, no. you know? yeah. like I thought it was really smooth and, you know, you know, just being a little, you know, uh, you know, yeah. I'm like aware that I'm closing it down and, you know, oh, I can't, I was just open one-on-one -on -one and now, all right, now I got to put on the old act again. And I was yeah. like, yeah, like it just, it's, it's a pair. I just wanted to make sure that if you're aware of it, great. Cause then, then you're, you're aware of it and you kind of a little more control and decide, do I need to do this still or not? But 
Yeah. But yeah, awareness is super powerful. What's what's ironic about that that distinction you just talked about between how people who how they feel about themselves versus how they show up is that people can feel that. Women can feel that, especially people who are intuitive. Like a lot of women are intuitive. Like you, they can feel that that you're not you're not you're not showing up in your authentic self. And so you know it's ironic, but like this show, we feel like we have to put on everything's okay. I'm not feeling sad. It actually makes us less attractive. It, it mm-hmm. makes us less relatable and stuff. And um, and so yeah, just another reason to get in there. But can I make a quick a quick suggestion first before? Mm-hmm. We, uh, um, so yes, men's groups are an awesome way to work through emotions. But for me, the practice that worked the most and seems to work for a lot of guys is something in the neighborhood of somatic meditation, which is just when you're triggered into something, whether it be anger or sadness or whatever, disengage from the situation, just go sit with it. Hang out with those feelings, be welcoming to those feelings. Just sit there, breathe, hang out with them, sit with them, like sit next to them. If they start to come up, you might say, good. You might say, oh, thank you for sharing. You know, everybody's narratively different, but that's actually the healing move for a lot of men is like to get in there and start to have that healthy emotional cycle you talked about where you get, you see something in your life, you have an emotional response, you're clear of it instead of bottling it up. Um, because the nerve, that's the way the nervous system works. I don't know why it's like a massage when you're stressed, they'll say, oh, you, you, you must be stressed. You know, your, your shoulders are tense. Okay. So there's a physical a- aspect to this. The body stores emotions. Okay, so how do we get in there and release them? Well, yeah, it's in my in my experience, it's just anytime you're triggered into something, sadness, anger, you know, something, especially when it's a disproportionately large feeling to what's right in front of you, that means there's something there from your past that you you might want to feel into, and you might not even remember what those events are, whatever. But what's most important is that you just start to rebuild that relationship with that emotional body, with that part of you. And to me, it almost felt like a younger version of myself, like a little boy, a tender version of myself. And so if I'm out of a cafe I, and I get triggered into low self-worth or something, I'll literally step out, go to the bathroom, sit on the toilet with my clothes on and just breathe, hang out with myself. Sometimes that'll lead to like crying tingles. Sometimes I'll start to shake a little bit. Sometimes I won't, I won't feel much at all, but at least I'm like hanging out with it. That is the healing. That is how you clear out that, that deep reservoir of like built up frustration and anger and sadness. And that will help you become less triggered in the future. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Even, uh, I think it was around the time my dad died, I got a massage and being worked. Mm-hmm. I just started bawling during it. Like they, I'm like, Oh my God. Like I wasn't, I wasn't consciously depressed or anything. I was, I was, and I wasn't even like, I don't think, I don't even recall thinking of my dad, but just so like, Oh, like I got the right spot and it gave me permission. All right, yeah. here it all falls out. Exactly. And, and another tip for, for, again, for men that really aren't used to emotions, aren't used to let themselves feel like start with the body. Like where does something feel off tightness? That's, that's right? it. Like, yeah, yeah. Name it. Oh, Oh, that's my left rib cage feels weird. What? All right. What's that? And just be willing. All right. What's there. All right. What else is that? What is that telling me? And, yeah. and the thesaurus, you know, thesaurus.com is a great, like, if everything is anger, like, like, well, look at some of the words, look at, look at, start looking at the variations, all the shades of gray in whatever emotion you're used to calling everything. Right. Yeah. Is it agitation? Is it rage? Is it sorrow? What is it? Getting to the moves of it. That's continuing to build that relationship, right? Cool. I have a friend who's a masseuse and she says that 50% of her clients cry when they come in and I always joke that probably means you're doing it too hard you should probably lighten lighten it up a little bit but the point is that yeah it's not just you and me you know guys like to talk about our feelings it's like no the population in general this yeah. is how this is how we're built and one of the defects is we can store hold on to these emotions and if we don't clear them out then they blow out in all the all these unhealthy ways um, a large variety of healthy ways and then people deal with them with anti-anxiety meds or depression meds but it's like you know all that stuff started to clear up for me when I just started hanging out with those feelings, you know? And so what you just described is actually, you know, this is a pretty floaty, floaty word for it, but is somatic meditation. That's like the non kooky, non culty, non floofy variety of this, where it's just like, you just meditate, you just breathe into your body and where's the tension. Oh, it's in my chest. Where in my chest? Oh, it's right here. I can even feel a little bit right here. If I breathe into it, like, does it get bigger? Does it get smaller? Like, does it have a color to it? You know, how big is it? Is it a ball? Is it moving? Does it shift? Like those things will disengage the mind and allow those feelings to come up a little bit. And that's all it is. That's exactly what you said. Where's the tension? Yep. Yeah. Like as a man, you're allowed to be 
your mind, you're allowed to think, and you're allowed to be your dick. And yeah. everything else can kind of get shut off and shunned and ignored over <laughs> Or happy and angry. A lot of guys think that that is the, light, that is the emotional experience. Yeah. I mean, they're happy or I'm angry, which boggles my mind, but I, I've been there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, but now that I feel these you know, emotions day to day and they're just moving through me, I'm like, you know, I'm like wow, that's, uh, that's wild. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the emotional roller coaster gets banded about like a bad term. Like, no, that's really what it's supposed to be. I mean, you don't want it in a freaking 15 minutes. <laughs> but you're meant to have ups and downs and shades and the excitement of rising up and the big drop scares you. And you know, what's next? Oh, a banking curve. And just, yeah, we're, we're meant to feel it's, it's, I don't, you know, women don't have some emotions and men have other emotions. Like we're, we're all human beings. Yeah. We're all at the full range, whether you, whether you think they're there or not. Yeah. And then, and I know for a lot of guys listening, there might, or a lot of women listening, there might be a lot of resistance to that idea of, ooh, this emotional man that's always emotional and flowing. Ooh, I don't want that because their experience with emotional men is a guy coming home when he's drunk and losing his shit. Yeah. Like, and, and just like not, not having control of it. Like, that's not, and that's like a toxic emotional man. You know, it's like, that's not healthy emotionality. Healthy emotionality is being able to say to your partner, listen, that thing you just did made me feel a little insecure, right? Or uh, I feel a little sad today. I'm not even sure why, you know? Like, it's not this uncontrollable thing. It's like, that's still a very masculine thing because you, you're still of your core, you know? You're still like, you're there, you're owning it, you're controlling it, and, and it's, it's not blowing out into all these unhealthy ways. So actually being emotional in this way helps you become more masculine and more grounded and more of that unfazable male that people really, really, really look for. Yeah. Right on. What do you think is still happening that reinforces the notion that, that men are supposed to have everything figured out, you know, do things on their own, you know, pick yourselves up by your bootstraps. You know, what, what, what is, are there still things to add to that? Or are we just living in the residue of, of generations of that? Yeah, it's a good question. I think for hundreds of thousands of years, we didn't live like that. And so we're hardwired to desire connection to be close with people. And then it seems like in the last couple hundred years, since the agricultural revolution, the industrial revolution, yeah, this, this um, dogma came to be that like, you know, men, men can't talk about their feelings. And I, I kind of understand why, to be honest, because like my dad's dad, for example, was working on the coal mines in Ireland when he was 12 and set out for a new life by himself for Canada when he was 15. Like, think about you when you were 15, how naive you were and how, you know, unprepared you were to handle yourself. He got on a steamship and went to a new <laughs> continent when there weren't planes and built his own life. How, how brutal must his life have been there? You know, he didn't have the luxury to sit there and talk about his feelings. He was probably scrapping it out, trying to make it through without dying like his other family members who had probably died from the potato famine or whatever. So like, I get where that comes from. I think the challenge is that that's continually been um, perpetuated and then media and society seem to be pushing us more in that direction. Even more today now? Well, I just think that people are, are uh, kidding themselves thinking they're connected through like, you know, 140 characters or like little texts or, you know, because all the, all the like the, the metrics that matter, you know, the suicide rates, depression rates, anxiety rates, obesity rates, those are the, you know, those things are all skyrocketing. Yeah. They're not skyrocketing, but they're 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 increasing. They're on the rise. Right. Um, so I would say that you know the way we're developing things, you know, even 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 in our communities, like our neighborhoods and stuff, like big houses, neighbors don't know each other. You know. Like that's not, that's not how we're built, man. We're built to be in huts where all of our family members are there. And, you know, that's how we're wired. And yeah, can't humans adapt? Well, evolution happens over tens of thousands of years. So no, we're still hardwired for living in huts and hunting cougars and stuff. Um, so uh, I, I think that's still perpetuating it big time. And the media still does. And, um, and then it's, it's also just parenting. I've seen, I've seen parents of friends of mine who raise their kids in that same dogmatic way. And I've seen parents who, you know, you could call a little bit more hippie, raise their parents in emotionally healthy households. It's totally different. Like it's a whole different world. So I think parenting plays into this as well. Cool. So, you know, we've touched on it a, a number of times, but has, uh, 
has all the fucked upness of, of 2020, are you seeing an increase in, in men joining mensgroup.com? Yes, big time. <laughs> <laughs> because I think it's easy, like the way our society is set up, it's easy for us to distract ourselves from ourselves and from these lingering emotional issues and, and, and the, the uncomfortable feelings we have about our lives and that we all have and our feelings and our relationships and stuff. And unfortunately, but fortunately, a lot of people had to either just sit with that in their houses or just sit and realize how unhealthy their romantic relationship is. Like, I think a lot of people were confronted by a lot of those realities. And so now there's blowback from that. There's change, change happening, you know, there's um, divorces and these kinds of things happening. And so, yeah, more men are looking for support. Also more men feel isolated because they can't go out and see the one or two friends they did have. And so, you know, the online men's groups are, are, seem to be serving a great role for that. Cool. So can you uh, explain a bit of, of how mensgroup.com actually works? Someone visits the yeah. first time, are they just, is there, is there one giant men's group happening all the time or? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good question. So uh, you know how before I talked about how the th- like I wanted to do men's groups differently because with all the cultural, uh, the, the, the chanting and the ceremony and stuff like that was putting people off. Um, I also found that a really important piece of this component was that, it doesn't really serve guys just to be dropped into a men's group with a whole mixed bag of people um, as much as it serves them to be dropped into a group of guys who are going through similar things to them at similar life stages. So knowing that curation and matchmaking is really important, I kind of structure men's group around that. So you come to the website, you join our email list, you're going to get some emails from me with helpful content around men's issues. And, you know, if you want to join a group, you can go to our groups page. And then once you uh, secure your spot with the payment, we do that because we're saving, saving a seat for you, by the way. So, uh, so once you secure that, you will then fill out your men's group preferences, like what your goals are, the kinds of guys you want to be in the group with, the things you want to work through, you know, and a bit more about yourself. We then take that information and say, okay, which, which group would be more beneficial for this guy? So we really curate and matchmake behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. So if you're going through a divorce and you're 50, right, and you have three kids, like being in a group of 19 year olds isn't going to help you because they have no idea what that's like or how to parent or any of that stuff. Or a group of 80 year olds who are retired and are here because all their friends have passed away, hmm. which is heartbreaking, but we have a lot of those guys too. It's like, that's not going to help you either. So we'll take, we'll take that guy, that hypothetical guy. We'll put him in a group of guys in a similar age stage, age stage, stage of life. Yeah. I guess that's a better way to put it. Yeah. Age stage. <laughs> and and then we'll you know we'll we'll uh we'll go from there from there we, the meetings happen every two weeks you meet the same 10 guys every two weeks i i'm there to moderate to make sure the conversation goes flu- uh, fluid and smoothly nobody rambles and the format's very simple we show up we find the spend the first five five minutes just waiting for guys to show up bantering i'll i'll make a lot of jokes so, you know, I might make fun of your headphones or something just to like, you know, give the guys a giggle like, oh, I need a pair of headphones like that, man. That's great. I got all this background noise and stuff. And we're like, you know, talking about the weather, just getting into some banter. Okay. Once all the guys show up and it could be six in one week or it could be 12, you know, it's like sometimes some guys can't make it. So the group, group size changes, mm-hmm. but it's the same guys. So you show up, you, you banter a little bit and then you get into updates. So first part of the meeting, which usually lasts about half an hour, is just we go in the circle. Every guy gives an update. What's been going on for you the last two weeks? Highs and lows. That's it. And a guy might say, oh, the work's been good. You know, health's been good. But I'm fighting with my wife again. Like we keep getting in the same loop. And I'd love, love to chat with you guys about it. So I'll ask each guy, do you have an issue or opportunity this week to get into? Some guys will say, no, this week I'm clear. I just want to come here and have a chat with the guys, listen to what you guys are doing, support you guys. Probably half the guys on each call don't don't get into something because nothing's present that week. And then the other half will get in will suggest an issue that they'd like to get into. Okay, so now we know what to talk about the rest of the call. We have an hour and a half left in our two hour meeting where we can just talk about those three or four those issues that those three or four guys get into. I'll usually choose the issue that's most broadly applicable to all the guys in the call so everybody can learn from it. And so we'll get into it. Maybe it's an issue on boundaries. You know, I'll say, tell me more about that. The guy will share a little bit more information. And then whoever wants to give feedback or express empathy or support can put their hand up and then they talk and that's it. That's the whole thing. And pandemics aside, do you find that virtual groups can be as supportive and beneficial as as physical circles of men? 
there's something really special about being in a physical circle of men, obviously I've been in a few of them and it is nice being able to hug a guy or be able to see the, you know, feel his energy. And so I was resistant to the online men's group thing at first because, you know, I came from that entrepreneur men's group, which was in person over adventure trips. And, but I think what's really impactful about a men's group is, is being exposed to more vulnerable conversations, real talk, you know, hearing men express similar situations to you, hearing men share wisdom that is just beautiful and, 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 and useful. And that doesn't change over an online group. And so that's that the most important part is still there. So then let's talk about the benefits quickly. Well, um, you don't have to commute and you don't have to, you know, spend all this time getting there or, or, or to a weekend or whatever. And so you can show up more often. And so guys are getting more exposure. They're being able to have more conversations. And so I think that in the long term, it can be beneficial for the online has some benefits over the, the in-person, you know, and then, uh, it can be more anonymous. A lot of guys like that. They're not going to bump into guys in their town right after they talked about yelling at their dog. You know, they don't want them people around their town knowing that, you know, and then there's also a lot of guys in isolated situations in small towns or in districts of a city or in these remote places like the guy in the Arctic I mentioned, or in these countries where it's just the, the culture is different where they don't have any other options. There's so many guys like that. And so that, that's where the online men's group thing seems to be beneficial and why it's caught on like a, a wildfire. Cool, cool. So you are truly facilitating every group your site's running? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, right. Currently, that'll change because we have so many guys joining that soon I'm going to have to find somebody to pass them off to. Yeah. However, I actually look forward to that because there's, there's men who are more qualified than me. There's like, you know, PhD psychologists who have reached out and said they'd be interested in leading groups. So yeah, one day I look forward to that. Cool. Yeah. Even during the pandemic, I have like, so I was initiated in the mankind project like four years ago and that was the first thing men only I did. And I was surprised at some of the, the ceremony and ritual, like, wow, they're doing this. Um, But that's where I really learned like, holy crap, being supported by men is so different. And I had personally had so much, healing around trusting men that I wasn't conscious of until in that situation. But, um, I, you know, I kind of, you know, I'm in the outskirts of Boston. Well, more than the outskirts. I'm like 30 miles outside of Boston. Nice. I, you know, I'm just far enough from the meetings here that it, it doesn't fit my schedule and I need an extra 45 minutes to get to anything. But during the pandemic, I was like, Oh, I got to find something like I'm, I'm feeling the strain of everything. And at, in the beginning of it, I almost felt bad because I was feeling good. And then I started having the grief and the shame and like, Oh man, this is maybe this, is this the end of everything that I know? And um, so anyway, I started just doing an an online um, mankind project group and it it just, it's just once a month. And it was like, man, it felt so good. I'm like, Mm -hmm. damn, once a month isn't enough. So you're, you're biweekly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Once every two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that, that, yeah, that, that feels like a, a, a great, um, repetition pattern for, for all of that but um yeah yeah great cadence and we you know we like to again making it more approachable a lot of men's groups are like you have to be there every meeting for your brothers you have to show up and it's like that that didn't vibe with me these men's group warriors and spiritual warrior bros that are out there like we want to make it real like stuff comes up you know we're going to put a few more guys into your group than we normally would just so that just because just so that if you can't show up that's fine we're still going to have we're still going to have enough guys and so instead of being like an eight person group, which is kind of the ideal size, we're like 12, maybe 13 in some, some cases mm. so that you don't always have to show up. So yeah, the two weeks is nice. Cause if you need to miss a meeting, there's another one two weeks later, you know, or for those guys that really need support, they're going through something heavier, more, more current, you know, it's like, then they have it every, every second week. Cool. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, you mentioned this a little bit. I want, I want to ask, like, what are you looking forward to? What, do you, what sort of big plans, vision do you have for, for mensgroup.com? Um, what I'm excited about most is just like, oh, well, actually, there's a couple of big things. I've seen already uh, how much this kind of stuff can help guys. With this one, like, 300-pound motorcycle, Harley Davidson, like, you know, motorcycle club dude, huge, just pure muscle, right? Big tattoos all over his arms and everything. Just like a bro, goatee, shaved head. And he shows up and he's like, you know, first meeting, he's like, I don't have anybody in my life. 
who talks about feelings at all. I don't want to start talking about that. You know, six months later, he's having healthier relationships. He's having a, um, you know, a better time at work. You know, he's uh, being a better father to his kid. And that's really cool. You know, that is healing a lot of these things that society is trying to stomp out of men, right? Like the me too stuff and all these things. Um, like, like we're making progress there. And so when I look at what's holding men back from joining a men's group, it's the stigma. It's the, it's the weirdness. It's the, the thought that men's group are for losers. And so I'm proud and excited to continue to destroy that narrative by making men's groups look cool and as approachable as possible. That's my big mission here. I just want to make it look like a tool. You know, you have a challenge in your life. You know, you'd find you go and get a tool. You go to a mechanic to like, you know, get your car fixed. This is a tool to help navigate difficult situations or, or things you're feeling, you know, and, and that's a very winning mentality. You know, I want, I want people to realize that men's groups are for winners. It's just a tool to help you win. That's it. You know, it doesn't have to be this weird kooky kumbaya thing that all the, all the men's groups are making into. So that's probably what I'm most excited about. And then just as our community continues to grow, it's like being able to build more tools and more offering more ways for guys to connect. So right now we have the, the two week group, the, the online groups, which are the most impactful part. We also have a discussion area. We also have a Facebook group, but I'd love to find other ways to, you know, connect guys on a more individual basis to help with the friendship component and for the support outside of our groups as well. Awesome. Yeah. And outside of the stigma free, awesome power, loving, connective healing force of a men's group, hmm. what, what's one thing you wish more men knew? Oh man, that's a great question. If, if they are able to go into the emotional stuff, their life will get better. You know, if they, if they, if they reach out to tools like this, whether it be a men's group in their town or like, you know, read books or see a therapist or, you know, their life will get better. It'll get easier. Like you'll be, you'll be less anxious. You'll be less depressed. You'll be less, 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 less angry at stuff, you know? And just that you, everybody else is going through the same thing. Like consistently the most common thing I get, I hear in men's group as feedback is I had no idea there were so many other good men going through the same things as me. That, that's key. That's that, and that, is, that is so powerful. Yeah. And so, so it, it feels scary, you know, but good, whatever seems appealing to you, however you want to approach it, get into that, this, whatever tool or modality seems most appealing get into that part of yourself, start to understand your emotions, build a relationship with that part of yourself. It'll make you a stronger man. It'll make you a more attractive partner. It'll make you a better father. It'll make, it'll help you earn more. Um, and, and a men's group is, is a good example of that, but there's, there's lots of avenues. Awesome. So uh, we, we've talked of men's groups and mentioned your men's groups. So I want to make it clear, like what, what's the best way to, to learn more about your men's group? Yeah, just mensgroup.com. Or if you search men's group on Facebook, we've got a Facebook group, you know, there's a couple ways you can find us, but, but typically it's just, you know, the website and the blog and then the email newsletter and, and our online groups. Awesome. Yeah. And, and ultimately, Andy, I just, I just encourage guys out there to, you know, give tools a shot, you know, whether it be a local men's group or one of our men's groups, like you can get, just give these things a try. You don't have to tell anybody just like go, you know, and, and see if it feels good, you know, and, and if it doesn't fine, you, you know, you, you don't have to do it again. Nobody has to know, you, you know, you don't have, or you can try something else, but um, the upside is huge. The risk is low and the upside is massive. Like you could really make progress on whatever you're trying to, whatever your goals are in your life, accessing tools like this. So just give it a shot, you yeah. know, give something a shot. Yeah. I mean, it goes, it's, if you want things to change, you got to do something different. Mm-hmm. So, and that's all it is. So yeah, be, so be willing to check it out. So, uh, Sean, thanks for everything you're doing. Thanks for your time today. It was great to talk more with you and, uh, learn about everything you're up to. Um, and folks just check it out. Like you, you, you deserve to, to feel good. You, you deserve to enjoy your freaking life. That's, that's the point of being here. It really is. Um, yeah. And, and from two guys who are, were anxious or depressed or kind of sad or miserable or feeling low on ourselves or going through hardship, like Andy and I are both examples of guys who were there and are now feeling better about ourselves, feeling better about our lives, you know, seeing more success in our lives, making an impact through our work. And, and it's like, you, you can get there. It, there is a path, yep. you know, guys, guys are doing it right now in men's groups and all other sorts of ways. So, yeah. And you deserve it mm-hmm. regardless of whatever you've been through, 
you deserve to enjoy yourself, to, to connect with people, to feel alive, right? That's, mm. that's the fucking point, man. Yeah, yeah I agree, man. Cool. Andy, I, I, everything you do resonates with me so much, and I just appreciate the work that you're doing. So I want to say thank you. I think they're, the guys in our men's groups, they talk about how they, they struggle to find healthy male role models, and it seems like you're, a, you're an awesome example of a man uh, many men could uh, learn a lot from. Cool. Um, I'm happy to receive that. And I'll be clear. I have not always been this way. Yeah, so just exactly. whatever, just, you know, wherever you are on the path, the, it keeps going and you can be better than where you are and how you feel now. Yeah. Uh, so check out realmanfeel.org in the show notes. We'll have, we'll have links. We'll have links to the, the books that were discussed. Um, if you're looking for other ideas and, and ways to, to meet other men, check out realmanfeel.org slash gift and, and grab the list and see the list that helped me discover mensgroup.com. So, uh, until next time, be good to yourself and reach out to somebody. Anybody. That's my hope for you. Really, yeah. yeah. Beautiful. All right. Be well, everybody. Thank you for listening to Real Men Feel. Contact us at realmenfeel at gmail.com. Join the private Real Men Feel Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash realmenfeel. Learn more about author, coach, and healer Andy Grant at theandygrant.com. If you enjoyed this episode, it would help us greatly if you gave a review wherever you are listening right now. It takes less than a minute and helps other people discover real men feel. Is your prostate waking you up more often than your alarm clock? The fact is, the older you get, the more likely you'll have prostate problems, which can affect your everyday life. That's where Prostate Complete by Real Health comes in. Prostate Complete is the result of 20 years of experience as a leader in men's health. The powerful formula in Prostate Complete supports natural prostate function and reduced urinary urges for a better quality of life. Available at Walmart. Visit ProstateOnePerDay.com for special offers. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.